0: Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Enrico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And you're up in the house for episode 129. Welcome back, yeah, everyone.
1: Welcome back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's
0: been a fun and interesting week. This one. Have you been watching anything any, uh, of interest lately?
1: Yeah, I caught the. Um. Uh, uh, are you familiar with Dota? Yeah, Dota. Yeah. The Defense of the Ancients. Yeah, Defenders of the ancient ancients. There's um. Netflix dropped this uh animated series that's based on a story from Doda. Really? Yeah. was oh, eight episodes and it was pretty they had
0: dope. A vaguely interesting storyline.
1: So that that sounds sounds like a
0: fun catch.
1: Yeah, it, it's pretty dope. It's about like this um uh I mean, well, it, it's about like three stories, but um basically this fucking this dude's trying to end the world and what's caught up in it is this dragon knight who is, you know, you raise your whole <laughs> his family was killed by a dragon so he spent his whole life killing dragons and one day he encountered an elder dragon and it just so happens that the dude that's trying in, in the world needs to kill that dragon in order to do so and absorb its soul and um when he when the main character encountered that dude he was like like he was such an overwhelming threat that he was like, yeah, I'd much rather help the dragon kill you than anything. <laughs> so pretty much, instantly that's instantly, what he that's pretty does. bad. When your the cut of your jib is so
0: malignant that someone Bruh. who's hated Bruh. enemy, <laughs> they're just like, you know what? I'm going to
1: side with them against you because you just you just don't rub me right, pretty much. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So, um, uh, the the dragon was impressed by his bravery in that case. You know, it, it was um, it was uh. uh the the evil force took over. His name is Terrorblade. Terrorblade took over the 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 soul of another dragon, and um killed that dragon, stole its soul, which caused the eldest the uh, the leader of the dragons to show up. And um when the main character got there, that's when all that shit went down. Shit went sideways, pretty much. And yeah, so the 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 leader of the dragons, um his way of thanking the human was killing him and binding his soul to his because. Spoiler alert! When he found that when he fought the Terrorblade was trying to end the world, he did not win. <laughs> he did not win, and um, even though the the main character helped, um, uh, uh um, de- delivered the decisive blow, he was still killed in the fight. Pretty much, or like, met, oh, so he, it's, not like he, it's not like he it's not like he
0: was like. Victorious, and then he rendered his soul. Was like, Here you go, you're a nah, whack nah, anyway. Nah, 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 nah. The, the dragon he was
1: on the verge of death. Oh, some dragon heart shit. Gave yeah, his... I mean, he didn't really say. I, I, they haven't really elucidated on the dragon's motives yet, but it feels like, um, oh, it's a
0: series. Okay, makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, uh, um, and they only have eight episodes up so far, but it feels like the, the, oh, um, that's not the arc? um, not for the dragon. Uh, they the, the, at the end of the eight, it wraps up, um, the other story that just I didn't talk blade? about. Nah, 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 nah. terribly fuck shit up at the end of the day. He, oh, <laughs> he's still running, him, running his rampage. Well, yeah. Um, uh uh, when he kills the dude in the first, like he disappeared back to his realm. But you know, he's the big bad. He's a, he's trying to end the world and recreate it in his own image. So you can't just kill him and get rid of him. No, he's definitely have a contingency. Gotta so, have a contingency. Yeah. So, um, but the the other story that they talk about is this is pretty interesting, is this goddess called Selimene. And how her followers have been worshipping her for, like, thousands of years. But, oh, uh, man, it's pretty fucked up. Basically, she's an evil goddess who's convinced her her brood that she she's should. a benevolent, benevolent yeah. goddess. That's an
0: age-old trick,
1: bro. It absolutely is. It's a, and it's a I mean, very, very to. good trick. It's God's
0: got to, You because, gotta control
1: the narrative well, every
0: time. And that's what it is, is because, you know, good and evil is all relative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's perspective-based. And so it's it's very easy as long as you are keeping them in a certain you know comfortable state to 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 you know put everything
1: in a light that it's you're the good guy you have to i mean because because like uh you know never never no one ever thinks they're the bad guy the only like truly fucked up people think they're the think they're the bad guy and are cool with it well it's it's funny it's
0: like when you see villains dude. It's a it's a there's a clear dichotomy between villain villains who are like sociopathic, who hurt people because they're broken and they 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 somehow relish that that feeling they're sadist or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there's villains who are on a mission of vengeance or some kind of rational goal that is relatable. And so, yeah, it's villains usually fall into one of those two camps. Either they're just sociopathic or they're they're. They're on a mission that's misunderstood.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> or we understand their mission correctly. Yeah. It's just that they're they're fucking nuts and you gotta chill. <laughs> they but, have um, misunderstood the the proper path to take forward. Yeah. But it, it's it was really dope. The animation is top notch. The um the uh, the voice acting and the and the sound is sound design is fucking amazing. And there are hmm. dragon fights, there's magic, there's fucking L's and shit, it's cool. Kind of spoiled some shit, but it's pretty dope. Check it out uh, if you want to see that shit. If you like fucking... What is it called, Dota? uh, Yeah, Dragon something. It's called Defenders of the Ancients, some shit. I don't know. If you go on Netflix, it's there in the front. They're promoting the shit out of it. Okay. um, Wow, I'm surprised, man, because Dota is an IP that actually... It's very
0: derivative. Because if you're familiar with Dota when it started, it was pretty much a game that was derived from taking World of Warcraft uh, I'm sorry not not world of Warcraft warcraft 3 sprites and putting them in um uh kind of league of legends type of setting a MoBA setting mm-hmm. and so the original ip didn't really have much originality to it it was all blizzard uh character design that was you know kind of appropriated and made into a game which is why it didn't go too far but then i guess somehow they they managed to 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 keep it pushing because they have dota 2 out in, yeah. in terms of games and I now they, they have a whole like, anime a that's heavily pushed by by netflix that's crazy
1: yeah i i think um they started designing their own characters ages ago but it's um i think probably what happened was they saw the the they saw the market for it and people actually liked the game so they're like man if we want to do this and actually make money from it we should probably have our own ip <laughs> and you know and i think that they benefited from dealing with blizzard before activision bought them facts <laughs> mean, i don't i, I just don't see this with, ending well for
0: them if activision uh, was only
1: doing blizzard when they were still run by people and not corporate yeah machines. and because honestly blizzard was so
0: focused on world of warcraft at the time because i remember when dota came out i actually remember it was this weird white kid named gleb that uh when i was in name. college Yo, no, no he was from you. the ukraine but um oh,
1: okay okay i was about to say that if, was if his you, name gleb if you were like american oh but if you were American and your parents named you Glab, I'd be like, "Yo, you gotta fight." Oh your yeah, no, you gotta. Your you parents gotta fight are your mean,
0: parents, bro. Like they're either rich or mean. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> evidently, that's like the new, um, that's the this new kick for rich people is name your kids. Nothing oh, new wild about reckless. It. Nothing chip. new
1: about it. Frank Frank fuck Frank, Frank Zappa's kid's name is Moon Unit, and fucking I don't remember what the other. Yeah, one Yeah, but is. I think even if. Frank's Apple was poor, he would do the same thing. <laughs> uh,
0: I was, but I was more referencing like Elon Musk, but yeah, they all but he's the, name each
1: other. i telling their you, kids crazy shit. That's pretty normal, son. I don't remember what other celebrity named their kid Apple, but. Celebrity's naming oh, yeah, their Oh, yeah, that was Celine Dion, shit. I want to say. Celine
0: Dion's <laughs> child is named <laughs> Apple? I don't know. I think Michael Jackson's child is named Blanket. <laughs> Blanket. Yeah. yeah it's like, know, rich,
1: so, rich people do crazy shit. But yeah, they will. That's they can a do it, little bit they okay. They make up to do it. Yeah. Like, I, the reason Cause cause why I don't really trip their child never has to that. abide by anyone's bullshit. Exactly. You got enough money to insulate exactly. yourself from that it's part of life. Because you have enough money that if they go in for a job interview and they're like, Blanket. Job interviews? The fuck? you know what I mean so, job interviews at what at least, did you um, do wrong <laughs> but no that's, that, that's my whole point like yeah. it's only regular people that if that's you not name to say they don't have poor, their own issues but they oh, definitely deal with our issues but the very least if you name your kid a poor if you name a poor kid a fucked up name you're adding an additional yeah. barrier to their success it's true
0: <laughs> but yeah um moving on from that. So yeah, uh you definitely highly recommend the Dota. Oh hell yeah. Dota it was, show.
1: It was fucking the story is really really good. Like I couldn't like I was I was like, "All right, I'm just going to watch one episode and then I'm going to get back to do some work." All right, I'm just going to finish this next one and then I got. It. Oh shit, for <laughs> real? All right, just one more, more. All right, fucking I'm just going to finish this. Shit. And it was it was funny cuz at the when it ended, I was just like, "Fuck, that's it?" God damn. So it, it's 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 really good. It's it's It'll pull you in, man. It'll pull you in. It's shit. Well, you know, similarly, uh, dragons blood. That's the, dragons that's blood. Sub- Dota dragons blood. Mm-hmm. That's what's up.
0: Yeah, so, uh, similarly, I watched. Uh, I finished up Dave, and man, that show that it grabs you. It is it, his zany take on his his life. Very entertaining. I gotta <laughs> give it to him, and not to, not for nothing. It's actually really well acted. The actors in that show do put on a, a pretty knockout performance, um, especially his girlfriend, um, because they go through some really emotional, like back and forths. That and that's something that I love when they do. And um, I don't want to get killed, but I know Louis C. K., uh, Louis C.K. had a show called. Um, it's called uh horse and pete's but it's about a bar and it's got some real real awkward situational comedy that i really enjoyed and this one dave actually firmly situates himself in that comedic space um i really appreciate like the 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 dramatic uh effects and also like the little bits of growth that that he goes through in the show like I really hope it is more uh, autobiographic than
1: anything because <laughs> boy it, that is one hell of a life you know what nah, I mean probably not cuz the the way I, I was thinking I was just like oh okay that's because you know, the way you're descri- describing it sounds like the typical like sitcom curve you know what yeah. I mean like oh yeah
0: it's definitely um it's definitely structured that way
1: like yeah. the sequence of events could go in a
0: vastly different way I'm sure sure um because life never very rarely uh sequences itself you know perfectly but i mean in 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 reference to like you know the the position the people in his life the trajectory of his um his career you know what i mean the kind yeah. of lessons that he had to learn like there was some really like interesting lessons that he had to learn like at one point um he has a manager who is a close friend of his and uh he feels like the manager isn't advocating for him he's advocating for you know the money play and dave is like he is stalwart about sticking to his artistic uh vision and so like he's going off on him and so he has and at, at one point he he comes to realize like there's a lot of people depending on you and you're yelling at him for trying to help situate you in a position to where those people's you know uh faith in you is merited and you're just going off on him because he doesn't understand he's not pushing hard enough for your 12 minute prison rape song (laughs) and you know in in the moment as an artist you can feel how justified he was especially the way they they set it up but in the retrospect you're like oh no dude what are you what are you doing man these people love you, man. These guys have put all their, all these guys have put their life, their, their livelihoods on the life for you, line for you. So, like, it'd be nice if you showed a little bit more respect for that. You know what I mean? Not to say that you don't be the artist you want. They love the artist you are. That's why they put their life, their livelihood on the line for you. So, you know what I mean? You have, as the artist, have to find a way to navigate that and balance that. Yeah. That's like, definitely, that's like... deep. That's
1: deep. There's definitely two types of artists, and the uh, the self absorbed, like this is all for me, and the like, oh, I'm bringing everybody with me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and and Dave always had that kind of feeling
0: about him, but then he realized that the people, most of the people that he was bringing with him were trash, and then moreover, a lot, the, of, a lot of the new people he too. met were good, and he had to learn to know the difference between the two. You know <laughs> what I mean? Facts. And and that's, that's real life shit right there. Yeah, that's just real shit. Man, and and it's funny because <laughs> at one point one of the arcs is that he's got these old homeboys who have been always been like encouraging his comedic career. Um but it's 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 on the level of buffoonery. They're laughing at him, not with him. <laughs> and his comedy has been developed to some degree around that, and part of the evolution of his comedy was realizing like, "Oh, these people were laughing at me." And so maybe that extreme shock value that 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 slapstick nature has to mature into something else
1: because it there's no longevity to it
0: yeah and it's it's harder to sell to the public you know what I mean like you want to be a mainstream rapper you might be able to get your niche off like that you can get your niche core audience off like that, but you're not going to break into mainstream rap that way you're just not
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's up to you you're like slim Jesus. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's up to you if you want to if you just want to keep on parlaying that that underground space or if you want to be bigger. The way you're talking is you want to be bigger. So put your money where your mouth is and do what you got to do to be bigger. And and it's something that anyone who, who produces something artistically in this environment, in terms of this capitalist American environment, you're going to have to come come to grips with, you know, because really and truly you're your own. You're your own, you know, cap. There's no other ceiling other than what you're willing to put into it, you know, you know, based on just direct input to, to to the audience. You know, there's a lot of other things that go into it. Yes, for sure. But in terms of your own personal success, it's, that's on you. And that's one thing that that you got to realize, you know, and and it's a real liberating when you do. And Dave goes through that. It's something that I think that most artists who mature and, be, and uh, manage to uh, remain artists late in life. It, it, it's something that they come to grips with. But yeah. Dave was a really good watch. I very much enjoyed that. Um, I would highly recommend it. Uh it, it's a great watch with a with the with a significant other or a female, just somebody else. It, it, it's a it's a good good time.
1: I also caught um I forgot about that, but I also caught uh uh Harley Quinn, the uh the animated series. I also caught is, that um is this a new animated series? Uh new is in like a couple years. It may be like two years old if that. Okay. Is this the one where she's
0: where Joker dies and she tries to go back to her um to Gotham to
1: do good? Yeah. Well, not or, do or good. or kind of
0: make up in yeah, her own quirky like, way, make up for yeah, what she to did. Like
1: reinvent herself
0: type Yeah. Okay, like, that's cool. I was yeah. actually interested in that. I heard about it, never actually watched it, but it seems very interesting. It's, I'm always, I like Harley Quinn as a it's character. It's very
1: funny. Oh it's, it's funny? It's it's a comedy, so it's fucking hilarious. Um, uh, that is also like amazing voice actors. Like it is, it is, it, um, I, I sort of get the vibe of like Harvey Birdman for the DC universe. It's sort <laughs> of like what it reminds me of. I fuck with because, Harvey Birdman, heavy. <clears throat> um, because you know, the only, the, honestly, the only sh- thing I don't like about the show is Harlequin herself. And it's simply that archetype of like walking chaos. Like it is because the thing about her is she's. Uh, I don't want to say dumb because uh, her character is actually supposed to be pretty smart, but she yeah, makes horrible be... decisions. She makes horrible, horrible High decisions. Lowest, you know what it is? There it is. It's like um, <laughs> you know the episode of uh, uh uh Boondocks where Riley uh became the the chocolate baron of the school. Yeah, and then he was like, "Yo, you want me to tell you how this is end?" And Riley's just like, <laughs> "Spoiler alert! Don't tell me shit, nigga. I'm just gonna do that's." That is more or less the dynamic between um, she lives her life Harley Quinn at, <laughs> and fucking Poison Ivy. Like She lives by the philosophy of what if this was a movie? Okay, pretty much. She's <laughs> but just, what if this like, was a
0: movie and I did destroy everything for no reason? What would you do then? Facts. That is that is almost literally
1: like the type of shit she does. And that's honestly the only thing I don't like about the show. But but other than that, it, it's it's still funny. It's not enough to get me that to is stop watching the show. That is also one of the
0: best episodes of Boondocks. And that's a great segue into our next topic because you know what's coming up. <laughs> 2022, HBO Max has officially announced the release of Boondock season four. Season four, right? Um, I have no idea. Season four, season five? The next season of Boondocks. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, yeah, dude, I was super excited
1: when I saw it. So I was just like, Boondocks coming back. They decided to just continue on. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I believe Van Magruder is involved with it. Now, people were complaining about some of the people. That's the only way I'd watch Yeah, I would not watch watch it it (laughs) if it wasn't. After the dumpster fire that was the last. I stopped
1: watching the last season in the middle of it because I was just like,
0: Oh no, dude! After episode three, I was like, dope. "No, no, no! That's you right guys are just—you guys are gonna too.
1: fucking shit all over this, and I am not gonna partake in this." <laughs> I mean, I didn't even care about that. I just didn't enjoy the episode. So it was it wasn't bad. Worth exactly. <laughs> it was just bad. And like, it's not only was it, it bad, it,
0: it like it didn't even like seem vaguely interesting
1: to but see yeah, what happened. It was like confusing, which is like, hard to do. I didn't understand that where show they were had going great now. intrigue. It had. That showed everything. It did. I had great characters, perfect. But yeah, like um,
0: everything. Just I did see in it. the comments people were complaining that um, John Witherspoon's son evidently does a great impression of him. Oh, that's cool. And unfortunately, they did not uh, uh, contact him to see if he would be interested in playing Granddad's role. Which is whatever, as long as they got a good person to play the role. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like dang, that would have nice.
1: Son, an actor, a voice actor. Ah. Uh, that would be my, me. I don't know maybe he is I actually one. don't
0: know for sure but I'm assumingly only assuming that he was interested which is why there was talk. But then again, it is the internet.
1: They could have, this yeah. nigga could have
0: no interest whatsoever. And the internet yeah. is making a huge you know I mean?
1: stink about it. Also, if he was interested, nigga, fucking contact Aaron Magruder. Your dad worked on the show. You think you don't have his number? That's why, man, internet people are ridiculous, bro. They are pretty ridiculous. They're making up goofy ass shit. Like, this nigga can't contact Aaron Magruder and ask him to do that and audition for the spot specifically. And, and that's the thing, and is, is I'm sure it was audition. And because he was his grandfather. Like, that's ridiculous.
0: And they cause there's a lot of, um, Roles that need to be filled because there's this Charlie Murphy's character, John Witherspoon's character. Um,
1: I think Ed Asner passed away too, didn't he? He played on oh, um, Elder Wonsler.
0: No. Or am I? Or am I tripping?
1: I don't know. Maybe. Let me not. Because he was. A, I know
0: Wunsler was a very popular voice. His voice was like. One of the ones that you could recognize from other
1: shows. Oh, yeah. Ed Esner's got a classic voice. Oh, no, yeah, I'm tripping. My my G's still alive. I apologize, (laughs) Mr. Asner. Yeah. I apologize for that. You OG. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with you.
0: All right. Granny goodness. But hopefully he was able to get all those people to reprise their roles as well. So who knows if they're returning. But I am excited to see what they come up with. There's been tons of content for him to address. You know there's going to be a capital riot. They're going to have to address that somehow. Um I wonder. I wonder what other
1: issues he's going to try to tackle. I don't know, man. I let him. I let him do his thing. Yeah, is, man. He's I always. I mean, most of the things that uh, uh, most of the storylines. I didn't. I wasn't even aware if they're real life counterparts when I saw the episodes, and they were still dumb. A- so, you know, not I'm for just, nothing. I'm Boondocks did make it. me
0: aware of a lot of things, like Latarius Milton. I was Mm -hmm. not familiar with this young man until
1: they put the spotlight on him. That's how I found out that he was real life with this shit. I was like, wait, this thing is real? (laughs) I just couldn't. Yo, (laughs) I couldn't imagine that. I just want to do hood rat things with my friends. I just want to do hood rat things. Like, wow, for real? Wow. But I wanna, you got the cigarettes. Unsurprisingly, what? my G is in jail right now. No surprise.
0: You, yo, nah, man. I mean, unfortunately, that boy's structure was built wrong. Definitely,
1: he was he was clearly missing his uh his familiar structure. It was only his grandmother there taking care of him, and she was and not she capable. Was, you know, she was too busy probably trying I mean, to keep the, a house over. The little, his little boy
0: manhandled her. What eight?
1: I was Feel like, me? geez, um. You know, how did, how does little boy put hands on her like that in the fried chicken joint like that shit was crazy. Things. Unfortunately, it's one of those things. I mean, that's why they decimate our communities because, you know, it's sort of easy to plot the the downfall. Oh, yeah, I mean
0: that that's a, there's a lot that's a whole another discussion. There's a lot that goes into that whole that whole issue. But yeah, Boondocks was really good at like pointing out some of the really really deep-seated issues in the community that might not be addressed as openly as uh as it is. It addressed the terrible the terrible uh tradition of um diets in 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 the black community with the Luther, the shit that we were willing to eat
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: like God, dang like people were eating some wild reckless shit. and when I saw that like oh, the Luther, that was not original, by the way. Mm-mm. The Luther was just it was, was was definitely an idea that was taken from somebody else who was really making hamburgers with donuts as not buns. Not
1: only was that inspired by real life, people then started doing it more after it appeared oh, yeah. on the Boondocks. And and I, and that's I think that that's part of like uh, an
0: issue that some comedians have, like Dave Chappelle, is like you're sitting here satiring something, and. In in the comedy of it, people are recreating it more and more, and so you've just magnified it. And that's that was not your goal. Mm-hmm. I the mean, goal of
1: laughing at something isn't to magnify it. I don't think such times. is the nature of the beast, you know. Especially well, specifically in the space in the in the for comedians, like that is their tool, right? That is their craft. Mm-hmm. And that's their way to interface with other people. And they're not responsible know? for their for their audiences. I mean, not that too, but you know? it's like um like. I don't know, if you want to do good in the world and you can't, not everybody can be, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a cop or a, that's not necessarily the a, moral authority. We'll just say a moral authority. Not everybody can be in, but, you know, if you have a unique gift, you can use that and highlight things in your community that need highlighting, but mm-hmm. in a way that's more receptive to more people. I think
0: and I think it's important to do it with the comedic art form um, because comedians can address things that are hurtful in a way that isn't hurtful. And so it could begin, a kind of a, a yeah. kind of a catharsis, a growth, and it can you start know? the conversation um, if it's from utilized a angle. for that. If it's utilized well, and it's not in a pandery type of way, you know what I mean. And that's that's a very delicate line, and that's why good comedians are, are something to be valued, and bad comedians are something to be <laughs> heckled. But um, I mean, bad comedians usually don't make it too far anyway. No, I mean the thing is, is that unfortunately you could be a back comedian, get gigs, and just have, make a career of being yeah, a back comedian. Sure. but what
1: I mean by it is like, um, but yeah, you won't make it. Being far. like mainstream, no going invite you anywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, being mainstream and actually influ- having your words reach people as a comedian, that mm. shit is mad hard. That's just mm. like a, it's at least a five year journey. Oh my goodness,
0: yes, no, yeah, that's 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 a. I think that's a bit of an understatement, but yeah, it's definitely an understatement. That's why I led with at least. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it, it's nice when comedians are 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 mindful of that, and they they um they tailor their performances to take that into account. Um, I think that's what Dave Chappelle does. I think that you get that from a lot of Black comedians. I think Black comedians more frequently have to be mindful of that line. Um, just because I because I don't believe in cancel culture. Like, yes, people. Getting yelled at on Twitter is not being canceled. Having a bunch of people say you're 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 a disgusting person on social media is not being canceled. Like very few white comedians actually like lose money. Like a few do. Like the guy who got fired from SNL, I'm sure he lost money. But I think the vast preponderance of 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 white comedians who say outlandish shit, and I'm not talking about the ones who are like guilty of rape or sexual assault. Okay? I'm just talking about the ones who say off-brand jokes. The ones who are guilty of sexual assault, if you think that's cancel culture, then I don't think you understand what um, breaking the law is. And so <laughs> you can't get canceled for breaking the law. That's called breaking the law and going to jail. And so, yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's like comedians who say racy jokes that people, some people don't like. And, and, and they straddle a line. And so, you know, you, you got to, you know, when you're when you're playing to the audience, you gotta be mindful, and and when you can do that well, it, it's definitely something to be lauded. And and white comedians, I think, don't have a lot of the the ramifications that I think black comedians do. And so you see a lot of more black comedians that refine that technique and are good at at, at doing that. But you know, we we shall see moving into the future uh, if Boondocks is able to maintain that great social commentary line and comedy line, you know? cuz they told both of them very well for many seasons. I mean, I'd say two, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Well, well I I think it, I think it was season 4 that
1: the that they usurped it from him. I mean, I I season 1 I, I to say, be, from my personal I opinion, I did not enjoy season 3 anywhere as much as I enjoyed one or two.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I, I enjoyed pretty much all of the seasons up until that until Aaron Magruder stopped working on the show. Um I did notice that in in the, the last season that he worked on, they were you could tell they were asking him like, can we get a can we get a defined storyline please? Like can you can can we know what's going on with Huey and Riley? Like, is there people who are chasing Huey? Like what's going on here? Can we can we can we get some more clarity on that? And so you could see that he was he he had to insert some more of that into the plot that he might not have been ready for. And so that might have compromised it, but I don't know. I I really enjoyed uh all the work he put into it. But moving on from that, yo dude, I really want to uh give some flowers to uh Coda the Friend. He's a rapper, um and he just put out a new project with Static Selector called uh, to Kill Tequila Sunrise. This shit's fire, man. Coda is total vibes, yo. Nice, like he's nice. The beat yo first of all Static Select is an OG in yeah, the definitely. production game. Like Static Selecta is one of my favorite producers hands down. Him, Green Lantern, um out here there's DJ Artistic. Like there's a lot of really good DJs out there, um but in terms of production Static Select is doing it ridiculous. Um and so yeah, I I really want to point that out because that that's an album that's worth checking out. Um to kill a sunrise. Yo Koda he put out a bunch of like, you know, little internet joints. I wanna say little internet joints. That sounds rude. But they're like thirty minute joints with him, couple of features, you know, some just super vibes beats. Like they're they're like I wanna I don't wanna say like um electronic jazz, but they have that feel to it. They have that feel to it.
1: <laughs> it's not bad though. It's
0: just a lot of instruments. There's a lot of instruments in his in his beats. And so um yeah, yo. I, I I wanted to to point that out. While we're on the entertainment topics for sure because that shit that was a that that was a great find. I really enjoyed uh like I actually re-listened to that album probably two or three times this week. Nice. Throughout the course of the week. Kendrick Doso. Anything that I, I that Kendrick Bobson says who is, is an instant <laughs> classic in this household as well. So, jamming. Yo, dude, did you hear that they're making a Ghost of Tsushima movie? Oh, that's With the director lit. from John Wick?
1: That's fucking lit. Bro, um, I was excited. I saw that. I was super amped. I was like, ski?
0: yeah, boy. But a lot of people are saying, like, is that the right? Is the John Wick vibe the vibe that we, that you want for Ghost of Tsushima? And I'm like, I'm going to give him, I, I don't care. Yeah, why um, not? I'm pretty sure that What's he knows how to make it? other types of movies, is yeah. my thing. Like, even because if he has some of that He's first dark and vibe.
1: foremost um, a, a stunt director, right? I mean, I'm sorry. He's a stunt man and stunt coordinator that later became a director. So, you know. Oh, that's that's great he because knows his he way has, around action. and and he knows the ins
0: and the outs of the scene. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a lot hell of people yeah. only know what the scene looks like from the outside. Exactly. It's not the same thing as knowing what the scene looks like while you're in there pretending. You know what I mean? And so that's exactly. great. Yeah, dude. I was super uh, excited when I heard that. That looks cool as fuck. Oh hell um, yeah, I'm with that. I want to see. I want to keep that on the radar. Because, that story was so
1: fucking good uh, that I definitely would watch a movie version of that.
0: I'm definitely, the next thing I would hope Chad to see is, that's his name. is the uh, the casting. Really? I'm like, oh, what are they going to do with the casting? Please don't 47 Ronin in mean, or whatever. It's got to be a bunch of Japanese people. Please. That's
1: all I'm hoping. Just like, please. It's, it's, I mean, Use culturally appropriate people. It's about people. the Mongol invasion of of Tsushima. You know what
0: I mean? Like, let's, I mean, please. There isn't really any way around it. Let's not, you know, and, and that's not to say that I, I love inclusion in, in all manners of 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 art and all that stuff. But this is like, it's a, it's a period piece, you know, it has a very strong cultural reference to it. So I don't see anything wrong with, you know, utilizing actors that, that, that fit that cultural aesthetic, you know? And so, cause I, I hate that shit that people like now, like even games like final fantasy seven remake, they're talking about the, the, the inclusion and there was no, there was no, uh, um, uh, Representation for certain for certain people in the in the game, and I'm like,
1: are you kidding me right now?
0: Like, it's a cast of six yeah, people. Hilarious. There's 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 literally you can you can find yo y'all know hundreds this of Earth, right?
1: Y'all know there's no Midgard on Earth, right? You know it's a it's a fictional environment, right? Like y'all know that.
0: Oh okay. So yeah, I I just hope that they don't whitewash it. I hope that they use
1: you know the casting is on point because nah, I mean. I don't know. I feel like the people involved with this story is is on point. Because the thing that—okay, here's, here's why I think they'll do it right. Assuming the team that worked on the game has anything to do with the movie. When I actually played the game with Japanese um, sub- dubs and English subtitles, and the lip sync was for English, mm. okay— so it was made over here, but they still did all their due diligence of getting like, uh, like a Japanese um, mocap actor, mm-hmm. a Japanese voice actor, and all like authentic—not really authentic, but you know, I mean they they did their they did put a lot of work into making this game authentic. So I feel like you know, I I think they use a program
0: to do that. I think CD Projekt Red I, uh, was using it as well, where. The animation for the lips is generated from the sounds. Oh, that's lit. Yeah, that's just that's crazy. Lit. So, if they did, as that's long as lit. they had authentic Japanese vocals, the lips animation, the lip animation should generate according to the sounds that it, it's
1: making. So, yeah, I think I'm no, no, pretty no. sure that that was this the technology one that they didn't used. Do that. <laughs> oh, they didn't do that? <laughs> no, that's what I meant. They like, I can, CD, I can see, in, um... like, I can read their lips and they're mm-hmm. speaking English, but the words okay. coming out of their face was Japanese.
0: Oh, okay, 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 okay. But yeah, no, that was a really cool thing that I saw in um and uh Yeah, I'm fucking with
1: man, they had a lot of pretty good movies. Cyberpunk twenty seventy
0: seven. Jeez, I was brain farting on the name of that game so hard right there. <laughs> but yeah, in in Cyberpunk 2077, they like I was I was awed by see that's the thing, is like, man, why didn't I really wish they would have just taken more time. You know what I mean? Because that was another one where it's like, oh, you guys shot for the moon, man. And I mean, you guys had so many like really strongly built up pieces. You know what I mean like the sound like they they use so many authentic sounds to generate the 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 soundtrack for the game the yeah. the custom music the the um the character designs the uh celebrity uh cameos all of that stuff they put so much work into it they just they just didn't finish and that sucks because we know why they didn't finish it's
1: definitely not because the developers were like
0: ah let's just put let this <laughs> out there
1: well, CD Project Red is about the long game anyway, you know. They like each game they put out usually lasts them for like a while. Yeah, which is which is which is why I'm kind of upset to see
0: how much fire they're taking. They are under heavy legal assault right now, and it's like you guys do know that the more that you guys legally assail them, the less resources they have to dedicate towards the game. Like it is a zero sum game for them in this in that respect. Like they don't have infinite resources to pay for um developers and for legal. You know, they they are still a, a a an indie studio technically, right?
1: I think. So yeah.
0: Good luck to them, man. They've just released another patch and unfortunately, they're still fixing bugs.
1: <laughs>
0: and so they're not making as much headway as people would have hoped for in terms of adding in the the stuff that that was left out at launch. But yeah, sorry. This that was a total sidetrack. Ghost of Tsushima. That shit looks fresh. Um, oh, man. And in some other entertainment news. <sighs> down goes the Joe Budden podcast. What happened? Bro, the drums. All right. And so <laughs> the drums. Yeah, nah. I'm about this this is this is my gossip corner right here. This is the kind of shit that 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 piques my interest in the entertainment realm. So I I, I regularly listen to the Joe Budden podcast, and they were off for on a Wednesday which was weird because they always they've been very diligent over the past four years about like if we're not going to be here we'll tell you niggas got COVID we'll tell you a week in advance (laughs) you'll know when we're not showing up type of thing Right. so they didn't show up for a Wednesday and that was off so I was like oh but you know they're human you know they produce great content cool and then the following episode Rory and Maul that wasn't on the episode it was Joe and His co-producers. It's like, uh (laughs) uh-oh.
1: What's
0: going on here? And so now, the third episode, the most recent, came out. Shows spilling the tea. So evidently... So on the show, you know, part of... and, and, And a lot of podcasts that have multiple hosts, you know, you'll have narratives, you know what I mean? That you'll build up, you know, back and forth just to create, you know, a consistent conversation that people can follow over time and so one of the 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 narratives that they were building up on the jbp was a kind of a a contention between rory and joe but it seemed playful because i would never imagine two grown men talking to each other like this you know jokes about yeah 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 but but what if I what if I showed you my hands right now though? Then what would happen? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like like if I told you, oh, okay, what if we just slap box right here, you'd be like, ha ha, ha ha, you're clearly not you're clearly not serious. You know what I mean? Jokey right. jokes. So that's been going on for several weeks. And it's been kind of escalating. I was like, ooh, niggas this is this is spicy talk, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, all right, I thought you I thought that they were friends behind the scenes. So this is all just what they're giving us. I've I've learned to make a distinction between the personalities and how they're they interact on air and how they interact behind the scenes. It's two different things. One's a performance, one's real life. You know, not not super, you know, complex. So I'm thinking that things are really just fine. Evidently, they really they really spicy like all these times that Rory is offering Joe his hands Rory is fully well Willing to stand up And offer him the hands And I'm like wait
1: wait a second First of all
0: I have no doubt That Joe Will fucking Fold Rory up Come on man I don't think Rory Joe is like Six and change Six foot and change Two hundred Rory's probably My height Maybe a buck eighty You know what I mean I don't know if that's a fair fight (laughs) Like, I'm just like, yo, Rory, really? That's the spice? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, that all depends on training. my True, name.
0: true, true, true. But I don't know. I put my money on Joe on that one. All things being equal, not knowing the training factor. But that's he neither here nor there. I never thought it was actually going to come to blows with him. I thought it was all funsies and games. So Joe, as this is, is this crescendoing, decides, you know what? I'm going to make an executive decision here. I'm going to hit up Rory and tell him, yo, just lay low for a couple episodes, let things cool <laughs> off and then come back. And you know what I mean? Because things have been real tense and I want to alleviate that somehow. Rory's response is, nigga, you're not my boss. <laughs> nigga, I don't work for you. Nigga, I'm part of the show. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Like there's no Joe Budden, Joe Button podcast with Rory and Maul without Rory. It's just Joe Budden podcast with Maul. so You can't tell me not to show up. Now, that I think is a very interesting dynamic in and of itself. Because it is the Joe Budden podcast. The the show definitely initiated off of the celebrity of Joe Budden, not the celebrity of Rory. Definitely. But That's that's not to say, even when I don't see Rory on the show, I don't feel like the show is complete. So Rory absolutely has a point to say. Nigga, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't show up. If I don't show up, you don't have a pod the way that you're supposed to have a pod. Yeah, I'm part of the brand. Yeah, you know what I mean? So that goes down. And now, I'm, and then now, mind you, let me just give the caveat. I'm giving this all based off of Joe's side of the story. Joe is definitely not the most reliable narrator. <laughs> he's. Not, I don't think that he's a bold-faced liar, but I do think that he is somebody who will... Will will give you more perspective with his story than than objectivity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Color the truth, if you. So will. that, but he seemed to, but based on what he said, it seemed like he was accepting a, subst- a substantial amount of the responsibility because that seems pretty straight up. That's a pretty straight up interaction, and that seems like a genuine, honest response. You know what I mean? Like I absolutely can understand, and I understand the the tenseness of actually having that conversation with someone. Like, that's, you don't under, you don't know, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what is, like, I don't know. We don't, I've never considered asking you that. But, like, in the case of, like, having somebody who regularly, you know, works with you, yeah, that conversation could be tense. I can imagine, you know what I mean? It's not Mm -hmm. a crazy, a crazy thing. And so, and I, and I think that Rory had a very reasonable response. So, anyway, I guess at some point that conversation finishes and then. I guess Joe feels it's necessary to bring this up to mall because evidently he's got two partners. So I guess this, this is a conversation that's relevant to bring up to Mall, And so he brings it up to Maul. and evidently mall takes it even worse than Joe. And he wasn't even the one who was being asked to chill. <laughs> he's like, wait a second. Nigga. I don't think any, nobody came into this under the, the expectation. This is some kind of corporate entity. You're making a network. Got it. You're making a network. None of us came onto this with the idea that this was a job that we can get fired from. We were all doing this, especially for several years, for free under the auspice that we were being invited. And then once we were invited, we made a house together, all of us, in 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 you know cohesion. So for you to do that, that's not even that's, and then to do that, uh, you know, unilaterally of your own volition, nah, be, that's not respectful. And so Maul took it away. And so Maul was like, I'm I'm not coming back. And I was like, whoa. So now, so now he's lost both of his co-hosts off of the brazenness off of you know of taking that step. Now, and there's I think there's a couple of, of 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 relationship dynamics to to be analyzed there. Firstly, is in this in this this situation. In the podcast space, do is it you know even at that high level, especially at that high level, is it to should we expect the structure of it to be more free form like uh, uh, a cooperative of artists or more corporate like there's the brand and then the people who work with the brand. Because that's 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 a very different work dynamic. and And from what I understand, most of the podcasts that have multiple hosts, these are people who have chemistry over a long periods of time and are typically friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't find that that corporate structure works well with friends. And as a matter of fact, I think that this example in particular is indicative of how instantaneously he tried to pull some of that corporate shit, some some hierarchy, authority shit and instantaneously his his structure crumbled it's the power of ego man and that's what a lot of people are saying it's like the wow ego. the ego and 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 yeah but see but this is my thing is like i think i don't i think this is a situation where nobody was particularly wrong because joe is not wrong for assuming that he has that that um that authority he was wrong in exercising it and that's part of being a leader Leaders have tons of authority that is symbolic and not meant to be exercised. And it's only respected because of the mutual respect that you will not exercise that kind of authority in this situation because of any other parameters like friendships or right. other relationship dynamics. That Now, if you don't have any of those other parameters and in, in this exact situation, minus those parameters, yeah, tell him to chill. And he doesn't have the right to be upset. But given the structure that you've set up up until this point— yeah, you have to think about that. This isn't just a. This isn't like one of your other podcasts where these are people just hired. These aren't your personal friends. They might be, but you, your brand isn't built around them. They are employees. You know what I mean? Mall and Rory's and Parks have a different relationship to you, and it seems like a, a breakdown in respect when you when you step
1: there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in my um in my personal opinion, though, that shit was doomed the minute them niggas kept making jokes about trying to fight each other like it it's, it's that's really not a joke there's certain things yeah. that like people keep trying to break or people keep trying to fix unfixable things right like if i cut your fucking hand off and you ain't got no doctor immediately close by like the hand ain't going back on feel me so the only way to really deal with that is to do your best to not get your hand cut off and I so think, when that problem mm-hmm. get got that far to where he felt the need to be like yo it's just chill from the not coming to the episode about three done. weeks prior, he should have been like, you know what? Maybe we should air out whatever the fuck it is. That's, that's going what on between I said. The two of I agree with you one hundred percent. That's making one
0: hundred percent. That's what I said. Up the vibe. How did it get this far?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did it get this far? And and Joe himself has said, it ain't a joke if we never get serious. You know what I mean? Like that is not true. And and so if we're continuously joking, 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 joking. Well, is it a joke or are you serious? Or were you serious the whole time? And so if you feel that way, you should have nipped it oh, in the I butt already. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And <clears throat> and and I, that the analogy I was thinking of, which fits your description, is um, they all pulled out guns. <laughs> no one shot each other in the head, but everyone pulled out guns. And so now how do you sit down with a nigga who pulled out guns with you? You know what I mean? No,
1: no. Because Rory Across walked the line.
0: and that's his gun. Joe told him to sit down, that was his gun, and Mo walked, that was his gun. So now they in a Mexican standoff. Mm-hmm. And so how do you work in that situation? That's 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 where I saw it was kind of like doomed. Joe's really hopeful. He's like, yo, in a month they're gonna be back. We're gonna be boys. <laughs> yeah, we friends beyond this. I mean, Even if yeah. we never come to the show, we I mean, still it's... friends. But bro, everyone pulled guns. Like, that's not a nobody wants to work in that situation. And as and and you in the gun you pulled, is one that's probably a deal breaker for Rory. Rory left the corporate setting not to go to another corporate setting and you put him in a you made him feel like he was in a corporate setting. That's you just you cheated. Mm-hmm. You cheated, my nigga, and and I think that that's Joe's problem is that and it, even when it comes to all of his relationships, personal, professional, and 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 intimate, he he cheats and then expects the other person to understand. And it's like, <laughs> "No nigga, no. I just wanted to win." <laughs> You wanted to win, but you didn't want to win bad enough to fucking respect me or to, you know what I mean? To respect other people's boundaries, you know, to to respect our relationship. And I was surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised, but I was, I should say, I was pleasantly surprised that Maul did what we all expected him to do and stood on the principle of, if you're going to do this to him, then I'm not coming back. Because absolutely, black people know this. If they Mm -hmm. treat the white people bad, they definitely (laughs) treat the black people bad. If they treat the white people bad, shit. You got me fucked up. You think I'm sitting here waiting around to see what they do to black people. <laughs> and so, yeah, Maul did the right thing, in my opinion. So that's so there's 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 Rory's um response in choosing to walk in response to that instead of trying to hash out more, you know, where this goes. And I'm pretty sure that it didn't go very far with him. Once Joe took that stance, Rory was like, I just won't come back. Yeah. And is Rory right for that response, and then standing on that? Is that a threat, or is that a is that is that something that you can not threaten?
1: Because I don't think it is. I mean, I don't know. They've they've been together for a while, haven't they? I mean, four or five years. People bro This could just been a natural inflection point in his life, where it's like where he's probably you know he could have wanted to step away from that and do something different. It whole could be time. something deep down, and then this was just the perfect convenient. Or this is sort of the thing that made him be like, oh, you know what? People this is tend a sign. to manifest what they want. Yeah, you know what? This is a sign. I don't really need to be here anyway. Damn. That's going to hurt
0: because not that I don't like Joe, but Joe by himself is not nearly as entertaining as when he has those two on, with him. And the replacements that he had were not adequate. Savon <laughs> and Ice are not entertaining.
1: Savon and Save so, on an Ice? That's hilarious. Yeah. They sound like villains from The Matrix
0: they would make good villains yes (laughs) but um but then there's there's mall response and 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 honestly this is the weird part i'm i'm honestly not mad at how anybody responded in any of this with the exception of joe should have nipped this in the bud before it got this (laughs) far that's the ultimate root of it and so like always it falls on joe's shoulders but in the light of that one mistake Everyone did what they had to do and, and, and stood on it and moved forward in what yeah. I thought was were, was an honorable fashion.
1: Yeah, he played his cards, thought he had the best hand. But no, 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 no. He definitely did not have the, but the apparently thing is, is that not. he had
0: no reason to think he had the best hand. I think it's the <laughs> ego, but that's where the ego but comes I own the in. joint,
1: though, but I'm the one that owns the casino. I would need to have the best hand.
0: No, but you do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what he thought. You thought. No, but you do uh, need to have the see. best hand. Yeah, when you, you you need the best hand, that's for sure. That's uh you can't you can't win poker with other people who have the same resolve as you by mm-hmm. bluffing, because they will call you every time. Mm-hmm. And I would especially I, if they I know you. Yeah, dude. Especially I never. If they were, know you. Rory and Malden never struck me as two people that you can call their bluff. Never once. They never struck me as the kind of people are like yo. Let me pull that nigga's card and see what he does. No. Nope. <laughs> And I hope you know, and 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 that's a good air to have. I hope I give and off that think air that
1: Joe know Joe would know better because they're all New York niggas too.
0: Yep, and Joe has so much experience. Like that's the worst part about this is that Joe jode, Joe <laughs> jode like, so hard for no reason. Don't you ever, other than Joe's ego, because honestly, if Joe would have just stepped back and said, "Wait a second. I didn't really sit down and have a good conversation with him about it before I actually said, "'Hey, you know, why don't you just chill at home for the weekend Because it doesn't feel like that even if he did, it wasn't adequate and that's a, that's one of the things that you have that people have to learn to do is in hindsight, recognize your mistakes. Yes, you tried. He probably to his reckoning, sat down and said, Wait, I spoke to Rory about this, and I thought we we came to a reasonable conclusion that he'd take a break. I know you think you did that. But can we acknowledge that if you're dealing with the same person, then you obviously did not do that? Because that way you can amend your behavior for future reference. Otherwise, you're going to keep running into this brick wall. And Joe has ran into the brick wall a lot. So I have reason to believe that we should, you know, he should sit down and really kind of internalize what happened here. Because he's he he's hemorrhaging the good talent, honestly. Because the Girl I guess podcast, eh. <laughs> it's niche it, I, I'm, I'm sure that it's doing well in it's niche Not my thing See the thing is Lost It's second best Co-host And You know One in three Have a pretty big gulf between them And so That show has not been doing well And then he just lost Both of his co-hosts
1: Yeah, Doing big things man
0: <laughs> Oh is that what that is Wait wait That's big things Oh nigga My whole life is big things then Nigga If lost <laughs> <laughs> loss and and and, and uh, ruining business relationships is big things, boy.
1: I mean, that's Master of this shit. That's an easy weekend for Joe.
0: Clearly. But yeah, moving on from that, what's been going on? Um, so, stimulus checks uh, hit, and it was interesting. I, It is what it is in terms of the amount and the dispersion of it, but I will say this based on what I've seen seen from the reporting is that it seems that the stimulus check this time around was targeted slightly more towards working and middle class people than any of the prior stimuli, uh, stimulus uh, packages that were, that were given out. Um, and that, that's just to say that it, it actually went to, to middle class people uh, in percentage more than last time. Overwhelmingly the money went to to businesses and 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 uh entities of that nature. But in terms of where the money hit, because they limited the 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 upper end of who can receive it, the stimulus check, quote unquote gave a more targeted response. I still think it's bullshit. I think that the cap was wrong because that is tax money that everyone paid into, and so everyone deserves the same amount of relief from it. It's not correct to means test uh, a reduced stimulus package because guess what? Those, those If you would tax those people at the top, commensurate to, to what you should be, it wouldn't matter if you give them back $1,400 of it because they pay paying far more of that in tax taxes. And so, you know... The, they want to frame it as the 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 middle class got a, a an injection uh, of, of capital, but re- or of 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 funds that they can try to keep themselves afloat with. But really and truly, all it did, I think, was further separate the middle class from the lower middle class in terms of the middle class will never vote for for you know Democrats if all they ever do is give stimulus to to the lower half of, of, of society. They're, they're driving, by means testing it, they're driving away voters that would otherwise be bought into the idea of universal stimulus packages, you know, things of that nature. But for some reason, they think politically that's a loser, which, of course, that's a Republican talking line. It shouldn't be a Democratic one. But here in this Democratic fucking uh, 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 government that we have, where they didn't need any republican votes to pass any of this they decided hey we're going to take the republican line and 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 exclude a substantial amount of americans who could probably if it doesn't if it's not enough to affect them then it it's okay you can still provide them those funds at $1400 it's not going to hurt the government or or the tax uh bottom line uh enough to 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 exclude them Like, the benefit of excluding them doesn't outweigh the benefit from keeping it inclusive. That's the point I'm trying to make. And so, you know, the stimulus package, it is what it is. I hope it helps people who got it. But it really isn't what they're billing it to be, you know. And and that seems to be the the overall uh, um, mood of... The legislation that's being passed by this administration and a lot of the state governments under this administration, because like you have um, Evanston, Evanston, Illinois, I want to say. I believe it's Evanston, Illinois, supposedly passing, quote unquote, reparations, but it's not reparations at all. Um, Really, all it is is a home stimulus package. So it's not like if you don't own a home, then you don't get reparations, essentially, which is like, wait a second. Don't you understand that part of the discrimination, the historical discrimination, has excluded people from the housing market? This is supposed to help people who were affected by redlining. But it's like, it only affects you if you were helped, uh, affected by redlining if you still succeeded in purchasing a house somewhere else. And it's like, that's not reparations, guys. Why, why are you putting that tag on this? And and I, and I white people are all over. CC, like, we're doing it. And it's like, no, you're not doing it. Like... <laughs> Like, can you stop right now, please? Like, can we not and and boy, you should hear the people from Evanston. I think that they um when all was said and done, there was uh there was there were several thousand people eligible. Um, I don't know the exact number, but there were several thousand people eligible. I know it was in the thousands, and only sixteen people were actually uh this was going to end up being doled out to through the first wave. And I'm like, wait, wait. You're gonna do this sixteen in waves of sixteen people, like what the <laughs> fuck? You're not gonna, you're not trying to do this shit. Like get out of here! Like it's so egregious how false this this claim of like reparations is. But it's just like it's just like the bullshit that they're talking about with the stimulus package. Like the the Democrats are digging themselves into such a huge hole, and I'm just like, man, no wonder they won't vote for you guys. Even if you balance the budget, they won't vote for you again because you're liars and nobody wants a liar at least they know that marjorie taylor green honestly believes the stupid shit she said she says mm-hmm. i believe she believes that shit and she who cares like she's made it to congress like you, what are we going to do what are we going to do if one side is batshit insane and the other side is sociopathic liars you're going to lose because i'm pretty sure that the average american is silly enough to go for the insane person rather than the sociopathic one are probably more fun Oh, definitely more fun. I mean, shit. <laughs> they got guns. No, I'm joking. That's not fun. I don't mean to, to joke about that. In this time after we've just had two mass shootings, w- one week apart from each other, which is crazy. But yeah, for some reason, Americans love their guns. And so they'll definitely go with the party that that, that is uh, allowing them to, to shoot them egregiously. But I was like, man, that's crazy. And then you have in, in Georgia, yo, this was mind-blowing. The Georgia state legislator, the governor, uh, uh, Governor Kemp, in Georgia, signed in one of the worst voter uh, voter rights bills ever. Like it made it illegal to provide provisions for people waiting online to vote. It did. It it it, it uh, limited the window for early voting it limited uh the the days like you can't vote on you can't uh register to vote on Sundays anymore which was a major <laughs> voting uh push in the African American community at churches in Georgia like it was just it was just so egregious that they were sh- pretty much disenfranchising black people in Georgia from ever being able to swing a, uh, an election again and so there was a a, a black legislature who was standing up by Governor Kemp and she said I want to sit here and watch him sign this I want to see that he's really going to do this and Governor Kemp actually had her arrested someone who was legally <laughs> the, the, one of the people who was legally supposed to be observing him do this had Sorry. them arrested uh, talking too much shit shut the fuck up while I sign my shit with your rude Bro, ass comments But but I, I, I know you're joking but it was a really distressing scene to watch those police grab that woman up when she against her legal right it was fucked up man and it's like how does who's who in the who in the government sees this and, and and doesn't say wait isn't that a misuse of power like how are we how is the federal government see a state governor do that and and not step in like what is the point of the federal government in, as an oversight body if they're going to allow governors to wrest control of their states from the the elected legislature they're not even allowing them to observe signings like they're supposed to. That shit's wild. Like, I don't know, man. This this administration is gonna have a lot of explaining to do when nothing changes and gets a lot worse. Because I do not foresee another four years of this going on. These were the I I see another one term presidency happening. I think that the I think that's gonna be the new thing, the new norm. is gonna be one term presidencies because of how bipolar the electorate is, and 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 what seems to be the motivating factor is the opposition being in power you know what i mean next year the republicans going to come out and somehow they're going to manage to mobilize more people and they're going to beat the democrats and then the 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 following election the democrats going to mobilize and beat the because it really just it's all uh reactionary anger politics and none of it and none of it is based in any real uh material economic uh under or or you know, social understanding of what's happening on the ground. And so yeah, man, this this administration, boy, it's shaping up to be a real stinker. <sighs> but who didn't know that already, right? Dude, and then Danny once again, more of the the malfeasance of this administration. How have they not fixed what's going on in the post office? You still have the old postmaster lewis DeJoy just i mean running rough shot over the fucking uh, uh uh post office just putting in all kinds of fucked up policies reducing services and and it's all bullshit it's all bullshit but i don't understand why there is a bipartisan effort to fuck the post office because the post office hello you know what you need for mail-in voting one of the, the key things that Democrats use to win the election, you need a fucking active post office. You need a functioning postal service. I can't believe that this fucking administration is literally shooting future administrations in the foot by allowing the dismantling of the post office under their fucking command. Louis DeJoy should have been fired. Been fired. I mean, there's so many scandals around his his conflict of interest that the fact that they didn't, that that wasn't one of the first things that they did. I mean, and it's, oh, it, the post office is something that's close to my heart. It's one of the only government institutions that I wholeheartedly support. I love my post office. I like my postal workers. Not everyone is perfect. Every organization has its problems. But the post office is one of those things that is extremely empowering to the public. And it's solely supported by the government. It is, and 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 the fact that the government has turned its back on that arm of it just shows the complete and utter uh, corruption of the po- uh, the government as a a uh, entity for public good. Our government does not have the public's interest at its core at all, because the one institution that they have that is pretty much all public good is being gutted, and that shit bothers the fuck out of me. It's so disappointing to see this happen because let me tell you post office i mean if not just for uh communication but just being able to disseminate documents and 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 parcels and they having a government entity to at least counteract the the private entities is hugely important hugely important because they will they will be able to be competitive with them in a way that we have no say over their over their pricing and their services. And it's only through the competition with the post office that the the private services are forced to offer better better turnaround, better rates and so forth. And so if we don't like it's bad and, and this is clearly, clearly, clearly a play by Amazon. Amazon is the one who benefits from deregulation of the postal market and the parcel market. Because who's going to fill in that, that, that all of that, uh, 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 vacuum that's left by the postal service, decreasing its activities, Amazon. And that's a, that's the worst fucking part about all of this is that we're hollowing on our government to sell it to fucking Bezos. This nigga is fucking Lex Luthor on crack. Like they couldn't even write a villain as evil as Jeff Bezos, man. Cause this motherfucker is hollowing out every single part of the American economy and government for his own best interest. And boy, man, is the American public fucking—they're running to their damnation with glee and a smile. With That's with this, you know. I, I want to make a fucking uh, uh, like a counterculture artwork where this American uh, public, like a crowd of people with Amazon smiles on their faces kind of like how the Aphex Twins have those fucking crazy fucking faces plastered over their their head in that that video. Like that's that's what I see when I see the American public. It's just a bunch of fucking faceless people with big Amazon swooshes on their face. Mm-hmm. Like they're just fucking sheeple. They're just units to be farmed by Bezos. It's so bad. And 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 so many of them have no clue that that's exactly what they're doing. That that's exactly what they've reduced their existence to. And they are I hate to see what an afterlife for an entity like that looks like. <laughs> but yeah. Moving on from that. We'll wrap up on uh this topic. Um if you uh if you're familiar with uh some of the neighborhoods in LA, um there's a neighborhood called Echo Park. And it, Echo Park is is a very diverse neighborhood to say the least. There's some gentrified parts, there's some very poor parts, and there's some middle-class parts of it. But uh, there has been um, homeless encampments that have been popping up because, you know, living in L.A. is super expensive. And the pandemic hit hard, and a lot of people got evicted. You know, that rent assistance shit, I've never seen it. You know what I mean? And I definitely am not making, you know great big bales of money in which i can't use rent assistance so i'm not exactly sure who does qualify for it if i don't and so a lot of people have lost their places and so there's huge 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 um homeless encampments springing up all over the city um one of them, in particular in echo park and the police have becoming have the gentrified part of the of the city is just very heavy handedly trying to utilize the police to move the unhoused out of there. And the protests have been getting very heated. And this is, I think in in LA at least is going to be a very hotbed issue. And I see it popping up, not just in LA, but in a lot of um, big cities where people were living very precariously to begin with. And the pandemic has thrown them over the edge and there's no rent assistance. There there's no amount of stimulus that can get them on their feet at this point. They need structural things to help them uh, get their lives back together. And uh, you know, increasingly more the police are being used to to uh, to be the remedy to these to these movements or or protests or encampments that are popping up and. It's not looking good, man. I don't know it I don't know how much longer this is gonna go on without, you know, there being, you know, significant bodily harm and like it's gonna look like, you know, the summer of BLM again, you know, where every day you're seeing police brutality in New York, police brutality in LA, people are dying on the streets from getting, you know, hit in the face with tear gas cans and it's like, geez. I I is I fear that America, in its you know never-ending adaptability and versatility, will just kind of make a lifestyle of living in this unrest, and they'll commodify it, and and it'll be you know it'll just create another market, and it'll just keep going until other things get so bad that the unrest actually becomes like super problematic, like it gets to like Israel level unrest where you people are just in cafes getting blown up, which I really hope it doesn't get that far. Or there's some kind of progress made. And I just don't have a lot of faith in the progress outcome. You know, people are dying in mass shootings every week right now. Like, it's pretty crazy. You know, and we still can't get gun legislation. They're still politicizing gun reform. So I don't, don't see it moving towards the progress end. I see it getting worse and worse. Like, you know what I mean? Like,
1: I, it sounds like I'm being hyperbolic when I say, man, it might no, get No, it through. doesn't. Sounds like you're accurately describing the situation. Nothing That's what I would feel like,
0: it. though. I feel like I'm just being, you know, kind of I'm trying to be objective and level-headed and saying, like, if people are taking machine guns into public places on a weekly basis, I'm not sure how far it is that people will start taking bombs into public places. And because it's a, it's, a, it's not a sane mindset. If people are regularly getting to that place, then it's, it's a very quick descent it's not very long until people are 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 performing larger acts of violence and so we really need to 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 start thinking about how do we address you know the politicization of things like gun control you know what do we do what do we do you know in a situation where we have no political agency whatsoever how do we how do we organize ourselves outside of this electoral political system? It is not working for us, and I don't think it ever will. And I don't, and I think it's built. That's not a bug; it's a feature. All guys, we'll leave you with that. <laughs> Hopefully, we can uh, find some more uh, uplifting things to to wrap with next week. But yeah, it, it, you know, we got to keep our eyes open to everything. Thank you for joining us. You can follow us on the social medias you can find me on twitter at cree underscore t and at home heron and you can find me on instagram at heron's home podcast you can catch me on instagram rico underscore g sound and always remember guys time is only wasted if you choose to waste it so learn from your mistakes it's the only thing you ever really will learn from have a great one guys thanks for joining us take it easy